am I living full out? Like, am I really making the impact on the lives of people around me? Because that's what it's really all about, right? Is is how am I leaving a legacy? And I think right. people think about legacy and they think about wealth and they think about all kinds of enormous materialistic success. But legacy is really about if I impact your life and you take something that I shared with you that changed you and you share it with someone else mm -hmm. and it changes their life, even though your name is lost in it, your legacy lives on. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, mindfulness. all of the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm uh, Edward Copeland, and, the first and only. Um, yeah, first and only because yes. we have three daughters. <laughs> we are going to talk to you today about 30 questions to ask your parents before it's too late. But before we get into your parents, uh, I want to tell you, Eddie gets several reminders on his phone every day from this app that he downloaded by choice that yes. remind him that he is indeed going to die. Yeah, uh, it is a wonderful app. It really is, quick. Yeah. <laughs> I've taken him with me to conferences and introduced him to friends that, you know, maybe you were sitting in the middle of me and Lisa Carpenter one time and your phone went off and it, the text across it came, said, reminder, you are going to die. You are going to die. And she was like, what in the world <laughs> is your phone telling you? Like, is there something wrong with you? So talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So this is an app. It's called We Croak. Right. So the, we're, not, we're not paid for that, but this is what that app is all about. And basically it sends you five reminders each day that you are going to die. And with those reminders comes like really cool quotes, which I think are great. But it, it really comes from this uh, village that really embraces mortality or mm -hmm. in the ability you know, mortality, like you're going to die. And they say saying basically psychologically that people that really come to grips into terms with their mortality live a happier life. Hmm. And partly because you know that no time can be wasted, like right. any time you can go. So it's just a good reminder to keep me going. And then I got a tattoo that also reminds me of dying. So I don't know if you're crazy. I don't know if like how that makes people feel, but I, I know that I'm going to die and I'm totally fine with it. I heard actually Elizabeth Gilbert. She's one of my favorite authors. I've told the story before, but she found love. And then the woman that she was in love with wound up being diagnosed with terminal cancer. Right. And so they had a very short time to be in love and live their best life. And they enjoyed it the best they could. So I heard Elizabeth Gilbert get interviewed. And the way that she basically the interviewer said, do you miss her? Are you brokenhearted? Mm -hmm. How must it feel? And she basically said, here's the thing. Humans are interesting. We get one promise when we're born from God or whatever you believe in. And that is like, hey, I can't guarantee how any of this is going to work out. I'm not making any promises other than the fact that this thing that you love will die someday. Right. That's it. Yeah. 
So she basically goes on to say, like, you know, we act like toddlers and throw tantrums when we lose somebody we love as though it's like, why in the world would this happen? As though it's like a surprise. And she says, it's the only thing that's ever promised to you is death, right? So then I was just like, wow, that's so beautiful. Like, if you think about it, when you have your child, you have all these hopes and dreams and aspirations and your heart's full of love. But is it morbid of you to remind yourself, like, I have this child that is eventually going to die and leave the earth one day. I better love it while it's here. Well, you know, and that's the thing. And like, it's tough because if you have a a tough relationship or a difficult relationship with death, then it's really hard for you to kind of balance that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and here's the, the honest part about it. Like mourning is a selfish act. Right. Right. And so and, and I, mourning is a selfish act. And here's the thing. And I want and if you're mourning out there, because we're going to talk about death in this episode, uh, I'm not being insensitive. But mm-hmm. what I'm saying is, is that when you're thinking about mourning, you're really thinking about how how you feel about the loss, how it's impacting, how you. it's impacting you in this situation, how you are going to miss that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, the, the mystery of death and where people go and all people can debate on all those things, whether it be heaven or, you know, maybe they go back into the ground. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it really is, and I think you have to come to grips with that because Mm -hmm. I think it's going to help you with the process of mourning. I'm not saying mourning is bad at all, but it's, it's important to know that it's about you. So Elizabeth Gilbert goes on to say, like, when people are mourning, you know, they're emotional and she's like, I get it. I miss her, you Mm -hmm. know, but if I sit there and think about how terrible it is that she's gone, then it's basically overriding all of the amazing blessings and time we did get to spend together, right? right? So then she says that I knew when I met her, like, you know, that life is short and everyone that you meet, life is short. And so you have to live it to your best of your ability. But she, just like the way she articulated, like we throw tantrums for the only promise you're ever given. And so the reason we're talking about this today, it's not like a morbid thing. And So it's not that we're having this conversation because we want to be Debbie Downers and talk to you about dying, but we have had lots of losses lately, not necessarily in our immediate family, but this past week, you know, one of your coworkers passed away. Right. And I thought it was really interesting because your coworkers decided that they wanted to set up a phone call for everyone to get on a chat and talk for two and a half hours about the impact that this man made on their life, their coworker, right? And I was just floored by the fact that people wanted to sit on a conference call, a Zoom for two hours. And then I was kind of just listening because it's not my business, but (laughs) they were talking about the most amazing interactions that they had with him that were, some of them were very small, but he had made an amazing impact on them. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things that when I was involved, because I didn't know this person that well, Mm -hmm. and hearing all of the wonderful, amazing things people had to say and how this person touched their lives and how he changed things for them or helped them with the perspective or told them a story that that just captivated them. Mm -hmm. It really motivates you, makes you go, man, am I living full out? Like, am I really making the impact on the lives of people around me? Because that's what it's really all about, right? Is is how am I leaving a legacy? And I think people think about legacy and they think about wealth and they think about all kinds of enormous materialistic success. But legacy is really about if I impact your life and you take something that I shared with you that changed you and you share it with someone else mm-hmm. and it changes their life, even though your name is lost in it, your legacy lives on. 
And that's a powerful thing. And it's an egoless thing at the same time. You know, so that's just really, it was a wonderful thing to kind of be a part of that. That it's about living out your eulogy. Mm -hmm. Like we don't think about that often, you know, when you die, like what will happen. And so when this was happening with your employee, not only you guys did they have a two and a half hour long conversation about all of the great, you know, experiences that they had with this man, but they decided that they also wanted to meet on a Sunday night in the evening in the middle of a pandemic, make everybody wear a mask and bring his wife, Mm -hmm. her favorite flowers, which were orchids. So we went all the way to the valley. We drove from the valley. It's about a 45 minute drive. And we brought some orchids and we pull up and there's, I don't know, what do you think? 50 people outside. Yeah outside of her house down the street and they brought candles and they lit these candles. And so then all of a sudden there's like this, is it called a processional? Right. Where they're walking with candles, holding the orchids, just wanting to go and give the wife who's probably grieving, you know, just their condolences. Right. And so they're walking down the street. It's amazing. It was beautiful. Candles are lit. Someone starts singing Amazing Grace. And all I could think of was... Who would come to my funeral? Like, it's not even a funeral. These are just your coworkers that are wanting to do something to pay their respects for the loss of a life that they found important and impactful. And so they did this for this wife. And what happened was I wound up talking to her after and she didn't know about the two and a half hour long conversation. And so she started crying and she's like, I just didn't know that he made an impact like that. You know, I knew he was a great guy, but I didn't know that he made an impact like that. And I just thought, I wonder if people think this, like when they're moving about in their life, you know, like being a person of service, like pouring into someone and stopping and slowing down when someone needs you. Right. To just give an encouraging word or say something that somebody might need to motivate them at that moment. Because it sounds like this guy did that all the time. So they were willing to disrupt their weekend plans go down, do something sad because they wanted to make sure that his wife who was grieving understood the impact that he Yeah, made. and it's, a, it's an interesting thing when it comes to someone like passing away and like you're in a relationship because a lot of times you, if especially if two people work in two separate places, mm-hmm. you only come home, you talk about their day and, right. and, and you know, at the time, you maybe you don't give all the details mm-hmm. and every conversation that you have. But you really don't know the impact someone has when they're away from the house. And I think that that was probably like very emotional for her to see that there was a life that he shared with, you know, hundreds of people that was compelling, that was meaningful, that maybe she didn't see, but really just puts the whole person together for you in a sense. And that's that's powerful because I I realized that when I went to my uncle's funeral, like Mm -hmm. I didn't. I didn't know the man he was at work. Right. And his funeral was filled with people he worked with. Right. Right. And so you hear these stories and you're like, wow, like my uncle was a really special dude. Like, Mm -hmm. and I always thought it was my uncle Eddie. Like he was just, you know, the the crazy uncle for me. So the great thing about your uncle though, well, let me wrap it up with your employee. So the wife, you know, Mm -hmm. she didn't know about the two and a half hour conversation She also doesn't know what he does every single day, the impact. So that was just so great. And then also because of COVID, she can't have a big funeral, right? Right. And so these were people that just took it upon themselves, again, to disrupt their weekend and just pay their respects. And I thought it was really amazing. And she was so 
thankful. Mm-hmm. She was just like, it was we can't do anything to celebrate his life right now. So this means the world to me. And then they spoke and said great and, things about and him. And she had gifts. She was like giving gifts of his gifts art. And it was just like, it By was a wonderful thing. By the way, they made thing. hot chocolate from like a Food Network <laughs> recipe. And someone had told her that I'd been on Food Network. So she was excited. But I was like, this is by far the best hot chocolate I've ever had in my life. What did you do to that? Like, I need the hot chocolate recipe. Anyways, okay, so fast forward, rewind to your uncle's funeral. Yeah. You guys, we flew to Corpus Christi, Texas when Eddie's uncle, Eddie, passed away, who had helped kind of raise you. So he was a big deal in your life, right? Yeah, I mean, he was really the one of the only male figures in my life mm-hmm. not having a father around. And so I had a few uncles that really played that part um, during the times that I would be around them. And so uh, he was the uncle that I probably looked up to the most just from a standpoint that he just, we just had such a fun time with him. He was hilarious. Right. Yeah. So we fly to Corpus Christi, Texas, and we are staying with his wife. Her name's Aunt Kay. Mm -hmm. And I'll just tell you, we were there for 10 minutes and the doorbell rang. And I went, you know, answered the doorbell. The family's here. We had, what, 20 family members there or something. This was years ago. And someone, you know, came to the door and she said, Hi, I'm Sister Mary Catherine from the church. We just wanted to bring you some food. We understand that family's probably in town. You guys are grieving. We're sending our love and condolences and hope that this chicken helps. Right. right. And it was like two buckets of KFC, like whole meals. Right. So I was like, wow, that was so thoughtful. So I take the food, say thank you, go put it in the kitchen. And I noticed there's tons of other food. (laughs) And then, no kidding, 10 minutes later, the doorbell rings again. And it's a guy. And he's like, hey, you know, I'm Joseph such and such from the church. And, you know, we just want to tell you that we're apologizing for your loss. And we thought that we'd drop some things off to maybe make it easier for your family while you guys are all gathering. So he brought Costco toilet paper, utensils, and paper towels. And I was like, uh, thank you. Yeah, right? that's super thoughtful. And this kept going and going and going. We had toothpaste and Q-tips and food for days. And people were bringing not just casseroles, but like essentials, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so we never left the house. Everyone stayed there. The whole family was grieving. And I just remember at that moment thinking, who would come and drop stuff off for us? <laughs> like, cause I, I mean, they were really into their church at the time. We weren't really going to church that much. I mean, we haven't been to church for a, a year. I, I don't honestly, I think it may have been my aunt Kay, cause I don't think my uncle really went to church. Well, so this was just people yeah. that were just kind individuals. Well, somebody made an impact on someone. Right. And the point is, is that people were coming forward, not only to pay their respects, but to be helpful mm-hmm. during your time of loss. Right. And so I just thought like, damn, who's going to do this for my family if I die? Or what would happen if I lost, you know, you were one of the kids. And I think those questions are the questions that we don't often ask ourselves which is the point of this episode, you know, yeah. just to kind of think about the impact that you're making. Now, when I say impact, that doesn't mean that, you know, you're preaching to the masses or you're hosting Tony Robbins events with millions of people. You can make an impact if you're an employee at an Apple store working with 150 people. Mm, right. And to me, that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> there's so many different avenues you can go with this conversation. And I know we're really talking about like who will show up for you? What will your eulogy be about? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that impact. But also death is one of those, 
crazy motivators, mm-hmm. right? It's it's one of those things that's chasing you consistently. Right. It never stops. It's in has amazing endurance and it will catch you at some point. Mm-hmm. You don't know when it will. And I think that when I think about my eulogy, I think about did I do everything I could in order to fill that eulogy up. Right. Right. And did I spare any moments? Did I waste too much time? And, and those are things that- Did I hold grudges? Did I hold grudges? Did I hurt people? All, all those things that that literally waste time. Right. And, and, and when you die or the moments before you die, I think like all you can think about is the things you didn't do. Right. But it was also really amazing for those individuals that don't think they're redeem, redeemable, redeemable, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> no one speaks ill of people when they die, mm-hmm. unless you've done something- uh, obviously heinous, heinous. Mm-hmm. but when you think about people who pass away like what what happens is people think about the highlights they right. think about the special moments they think about the things that you did and, and no one's perfect and so there's always going to be another side to to your story or to your eulogy but a lot of times that's not going to be a part of it right. and so i think to me that grace that you get with death you got to take advantage of now mm. right and you got to say okay I'm going to use this grace because I know I'm going to get it when I die. And I'm going to fill up my time and make sure that I do what's important and what's meaningful. Uh, and I was looking at a quote because one of my favorite philosophers, Seneca, and he wrote a book called The Shortness of Life. And one of the quotes in there says, let us prepare our minds as if we'd come to the very end of life. Let us postpone nothing. Let us balance life's books each day. Hmm. Let me just repeat that. Let us balance eat life's books each day. The one who puts the finishing touches on their life each day is never short of time. Hmm. And that just hit me. And I wrote this down. You know, I know we had this conversation now, but this quote, I think I put this in here. God, what was it? This was in April of 2018. So this was, you know, two years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where you just go, wow. Right. If I balance my books every day and I have meaningful conversations and I connect with people deeply, I fill up my eulogy. Mm-hmm. Right. It's almost like you write your eulogy every single day. Right. Right. And I think that to me, you live a full life. It's Agree. Just, yeah. So. So how do you because uh, people might be like they might have already turned us off. Like, I don't want to talk about death. I know I'm going <laughs> to die. I know my kids are going to die. I know everyone's going to die. Janelle and Eddie. But then I'm living in fear. I'm worried about who I'm going to lose. I'm worried about the heartbreak. I'm worried about. Uh, the anxiety that will come over me if I lost the most important people in my life. What do right. you say to that? I would say that the worry is another form of self-harassment. And okay. so do you, you're you going to harass yourself and then you're going to be wasting time worrying about your worries. Right. Right. And so then now when you're with your family, when you should be in the moment, when you should be taking advantage of this lovely time and space that we have, you're sitting there worried about the fact that they may get sick mm-hmm. or they may die and then you can't appreciate it. Right. And before you die, when, and then when, if it ever did happen, now you're sitting there regretting all the time that you wasted worrying about the fact that you were going to lose these people. So how do you know that you're going to die, but then like don't think about it? Like, so you're saying I think about it every day. As a matter of fact, I get reminded right. about it five times a day. But how do you not worry about Oh God, if I leave, like, will my family be okay? They'll be super hurt. Like I think, well, there's a part of that you you try to maximize the moments that you have in life. You try to be in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like I tried to, like yesterday, you know, we're we're recording this a day after uh, Valentine's Day. Like we went to this wonderful breakfast, mm-hmm. right? Overlooking the city. I didn't even want to talk. Right. Because I'm you I, don't like me? No, because <laughs> Because sometimes I get so caught up in the moment that I just like, I just want to be there. Mm-hmm. I just want to hear other people's voices. I just want to observe. I just want to be in the moment because I don't want to waste it away with 
you know, distractions of, and I'm not saying conversations are distracting, but sometimes it can distract you from like, let me just take this in. I'm here with my, the people I love. Mm -hmm. This is a beautiful moment. We're in a perfect setting and I don't want to waste it. I don't want to, you know. I don't want to waste it by talking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm confused because we talk for a living. No, I know, but I didn't want to waste it not taking it in. Right. Next and time I, you need a moment, let me know and we'll stop talking. No, it's what no, I want that's the thing. Part of it is I want others to talk and I want to hear other people's voices and I want to just mm-hmm. like part of it is like I want to experience everyone else. Old man Andy. Yeah, and I just want to take it all in. And I think that's something I think I've slowly started to do more and more when mm-hmm. there's like really like moments where I just want to say, I just want to sit in this. This mm-hmm. is this is beautiful. So yeah. uh, but I think that that's the balance that you have to have. And I think that you, you can't sit there and worry about uh, people dying is it's definitely a a balance but I, the big thing too is that you have to accept it like you i think worrying about it, i think is like almost like you can defy it mm-hmm. like you can like you can not deal with it but yeah. at some point you got to say yeah someone may die well it's just always interesting because like when elizabeth gilbert says you throw a literal tantrum like you are literally like questioning your maker mm-hmm. god how could you do this why on earth could you let this happen is there even a god and he's up there like sis like I told you this was going to happen. This was the right. only thing I told you about this. Like it was the only promise I made. What, where did we go wrong? Because it's like you didn't listen when I told you this. <laughs> and now you're questioning my existence. Like that's well, so strange to me. And I think with death, people constantly question their faith. And I, and I was, someone asked me when, when people die and, and people have to deal with sickness and stuff like that. And they asked me, why would God do this? And and you may not like this answer. And mm. I'm going to tell you guys this because this is so important. This is what came to me. This is okay. what I just through my different, just learning about my own faith. Mm-hmm. And I said, if, if God is consumed with our spirit, mm-hmm. right, which our spirit is not our actual body, our okay. body based on how you, you whatever you believe basically our, our, we were blown into this body okay. we we use this body to walk around at earthly grounds mm-hmm. right but here's the key thing when you die the spirit goes to your creator mm-hmm. if that's the case if that's what he values then he doesn't value your life your your actual body as much as he values your spirit okay so life and death for god so to speak is not as important as your spirit and that is making sure that you take care of your spirit, that you live and you have a, a life that's morally good, mm-hmm. that you do things for people, you pour into yourself, you keep your spirit as healthy as possible mm-hmm. so that you live this wonderful and beautiful life. But I just, I always have to tell people, God doesn't value your life like you value your life. Right. But the point is, is like, let's say you, you're yeah. valuing your spirit, you know, you bring good energy to people, you're someone that your family loves. Those people are the ones that are upset because you're not here anymore. And so when you say like God doesn't care about your body, I don't want your body. Yeah, but the key the key thing is what people have to realize. I miss your spirit. But but the key thing is what we all have to remember is that I get to leave my spirit with you. And the reason why is because all the times that we spend, all the, the the conversation, all the joy, all the experiences, all the things that we've done. That's me leaving my spirit. When our kids have kids, I'm hoping that my spirit carries on if I'm not here with Mm -hmm. them, whether it be the things I taught them, how I impacted my life. And this is not an ego thing, but this is like they may do something in their life that reflects on something that I impressed them Mm -hmm. to their life. That is what matters most because that lives on forever. Right. 
right? Well, until they forget about you. And no, but no, but you, no, no, no. But it's not about the stories. It's like if I teach these girls something, mm. if they, if I model something for them, they take that into their lives. Mm. They take that into their relationships. They take that into their parenting, and then they give that to their children, and right. they give they, their children give it to their children. And what I have done, my name may be lost, but the spirit lives on. Right. To me, that's what life's about. Amen. This is your eulogy, so welcome. <laughs> so, okay, so this conversation not only came up because, you know, we like we said, we've kind of experienced lots of people experiencing loss lately. Right. But this came up because this mentor that I have, Brendan Burchard, said that his dad died a few years ago. And before he passed, he asked him these 30 questions and so there were so many people on this clubhouse conversation that were like, yes, I love these questions. I did the same thing with my parents, right? So we had mentioned this in the previous episode. And basically it's on beyond the interview, these 30 questions, all you have to do is Google 30 questions to ask your parents before it's too late. And we'll put them in the show notes as well. But I kind of want to just ask a couple of these and then I would like to challenge you to print these questions out, have a conversation with your parents, especially if they're elderly, and get them on video answering these questions. Oh, that'd be awesome. Right? Mm -hmm. Because he says that at least twice a year, he goes back and he watches this video of not only his dad, but he can hear his voice, he remembers being there, and he gets to hear him tell all of these amazing stories and he feels like it just brings him, you know, closer to his dad again. Isn't that a cool thing? Yeah, that's cool. So I'll read a couple of them. And then I don't know if you want to chime in. So number one, uh, what comes to mind when you think about growing up in your hometown? What did you, mm. number two, what did you love to do as a kid before high school? I mean, I don't know. Like I'm thinking of like my grandmother. I don't even know what my parents would say. I don't right. know. What, how, what was your idea of playing outside? You know? Oh my God. And that's probably one of my fondest memories is playing outside. Right. Yeah. Um, what did you love to do when you were in school? So I know like what, at one point my grandmother had talked to me about like home ec, you know, like learning how to sew. We had home ec when we were younger and I loved like we did little cooking classes and stuff like that. That doesn't even exist in 2021. Right. So if we had those conversations, I think that'd be pretty funny. I never forget. The funniest thing is I was in home ec. In seventh grade. And you started grade. it on fire. Did you start something on no, fire? No, no. But the teacher was talking about um, using the oven, and she was talking about how the proper way to open the oven when she, if you're baking something. And she said, one time I was baking something, and I opened up the oven, and the steam was so hot, it burned off my eyebrows. And I was petrified. I was like, oh my God. She said, so you always open up the oven like from, from the, the side, not standing in front of it. Is that why you open the oven from the yeah, side? You're why. so ridiculous from seventh grade. <laughs> that's why I do that. Because he told me I was like, and I, and I don't know if it was true or oh if she was just trying to, gosh. she said it burned off my eyebrows. And I was like, what? <laughs> that's painful. Um, here's a good one. What do you remember most about your mom and dad? That's good. That's good, right? Like then. If you have a mom and dad. Wow. Well, sorry. Did you just go there. <laughs> <I'm> just, <sorry. laughs> what was the most important to each of your parents? I feel like that's a good one, like a mm. deep conversation. If grandma and grandpa had a message to you and their grandchildren, what do you think it would be? Those are so good. You know why? Because it, it not only gives you really interesting insight on, on your parents or your grandparents, but it also gives them a chance to kind of pause and reflect on mm -hmm. their lives and like give you some maybe. 
ideas and maybe conversations that you had never, ever had with them right. before. So that's right. beautiful. How did you meet your spouse? So it would be like, you know, mm-hmm. this origin story of how, how you came to be, basically. Right, right. Those are pretty important questions because I feel like if I asked my mom how she met my dad and how my dad met my mom, it'd be all around. Two different stories. Yeah, for sure. You need to record that and just exactly. compare. One of y'all is lying. Uh-huh. <laughs> how did you choose your career and what was your favorite part about it? Mm. Um, one question, I don't know if it's on here, but I asked my grandmother recently because I was so inspired by this. And I asked her, we were chatting, kind of catching up. And I said, what do you think was one of the most like painful things in life that you had to overcome? And she told me this story that I had never heard in my 42 years of life. And she said, um, I watched my little brother or I my little brother died in mm. a power plant explosion. And my dad, who also worked at the same power plant, watched him. He ran to go save his son and he couldn't save him. So he basically watched him burn to death. That's a terrible thing. Right, right. My grandmother starts crying and I was like, Nana, I'm so sorry. I had no clue. And she's like, I haven't thought of that in so long. And I just couldn't. She said my dad was never the same after that. But that was a story. Like if I wouldn't have asked her that question, I would have went my whole life not knowing that. Right. And that's a powerful thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it made her emotional. She's 94 years old. Right. You know, like to relive that. But the thing is, is like. I don't know that even our kids know like our greatest pain. Right. I don't know my mother's like greatest pain. I can kind of have an idea based on my life with her, but I don't know her greatest pain. Yeah, you know what's yeah, and, right? it, yeah, and one of the things too, what is it about when older people get older? It seems like their long-term memory gets better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh, unless they're just making up stuff like but the be. stories are rich and 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 vivid and and they they go oh my god it's a really great story and they remember little details and you just go i don't even remember what happened last week right and so i'm like hoping i'm like like okay what do i need to do to get this long-term memory so i can maybe like go through the files of my mm-hmm. brain and like pull out these right. old memories and tell my grandkids. That'd be so great. here's one that I wouldn't even know how to answer right in this moment. Which three events shaped your life most? Like mm. helped who you've become, what you believe in, what you stand for, what mm. you value. Like that's a difficult conversation, but right, can you imagine right. someone filming you recording yeah. your answers I would have to say pause, please. I know. No, I mean, the, come back to that one, please. I, yeah, I would say I have I have three for right now. I'm mm-hmm. sure that three would change. Okay. Do you want to tell me oh. what they are? What three events most shaped your life? Uh, yeah, I think okay. uh, one event. I'll let you know if they're true or not. Just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I, well, okay. If I take the kids and say that's one event. Okay. Okay. The kids being born is one event. Okay. Getting married is another event. Okay. And then my major, my car accident is another event. Really? Yeah. Uh, that's not, I mean, there's one more that I would add in there that I would think that you would use, but maybe we're not sharing that yet. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> so you need four major events then. Yeah. Can I get 10 major events and I'll write them all out and put them in, in order? <laughs> Let's see. When you think about when the kids were born, what things come to mind? Like just having your grandparents or your parents like explain, you know, I've heard my mom talk about like our sizes and like how much we weighed and stuff and like what time of the day was. And what I have gathered is it's never consistent. It's I, just never I just make you it up. I just make it up. You always make it up every like, single I say 9.35. You're, uh, you're born at 9.35 a.m. I tell another one p.m. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. So here's another one. What message do you have for your spouse, your children? Uh, what do you want them to always remember or keep mm. in mind? Mm. That's like, this can make you cry, Yeah, you know? And that's kind of the point of why we're talking about this is because life is short and you can be listening to the Push Podcast because you're a hustler and you're a go-getter and you want to be motivated and driven. But this episode is kind of a change of pace because we also want to push you to experience really amazing things in your life with the people that matter the most. Yeah, I mean, if you, and I think about it like this, you can live your entire life and, and you can be extremely wealthy. Mm -hmm. You can have an amazing career. You can do amazing things. But if you don't impact people, if you don't pour into others, when you die, you die with all, all that stuff gets left behind. Like nothing lives on. Right? Here's a great one. Ready? Which three words best describe who you tried to be in life and how you wanted to be remembered? Mm. Like, I don't have a clue how my parents would answer that. I think they'd be like, well, you know, honey, I don't. I feel like I just want to take this list and start answering myself. Do it yourself. You want to basically so I can just write live, your own. Eulogy. I want to live it out and just want to test every every week. Like, um, <laughs> God, based on what you've learned about life, what have you learned about people? That's a good one. Yeah, they're redeemable. I mean, you and I think that people are redeemable, but I know quite a few people that are like, ah, you know, people, they generally are going to be selfish. Mm -hmm. I know many people. I'm, I'm in this phase that. of my life where I thoroughly think that people are redeemable. And I think that more times than not, people are misunderstood. Yeah. You know. So what are you most thankful for? What are the three best decisions you've ever made? Wow. That's good, right? What do you uh, think the world needs more of right now? And what message would you like to share with your family? That's great a really, questions. Yeah, they're right? really great. So we'll list these and link these in the show notes. But I definitely think that not only should you be asking your parents and grandparents these questions before it's too late, but I think it'd be a good exercise for you to ask your damn self the answers to these questions and figure out if you're living a life that's in alignment with what you want people to say about you at your funeral. Like, I want yeah. people to bring KFC to my family when I die. I want people to walk <laughs> Why, down Why the KFC? Street. I want Popeyes. I, I want, want, I want people to chicken. walk down the street with candles yeah. and say like, hey, we're really sorry that you lost your mom or your wife. And these are some of the things that she did to impact my life. Like, I want those things, right? Right. So I have to live a life that's in alignment with the desires that I have based on what I believe God has shown me is impactful. Yeah. And I've always said that when I die, I want people just to celebrate. I don't want any mourning. I don't want any type of like just sadness. Well, you're pretty selfish though. Yeah. I what? We've argued about this <laughs> in the past. Like we've asked you like, hey, when you die, do you want to be cremated? Do you want to be buried? And you've said like, ah, yeah, just cremate me. Just cremate That's me it. and I walk away. I don't want a funeral. I don't want, you know, this. I don't want, you used to say, I don't want anybody to see me dead. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's not about you, bro. It's about us. But, well, so here's the crazy thing. So You're I was, selfish. I, I, and I, and let me give some, let me, okay. I don't want to be misunderstood. Okay. I want to be understood here. So it was interesting because I was talking to my brother, uh, Tony, I was going to call him Uncle Tony. Okay. <laughs> yesterday. And he was talking about like in a Samoan culture, mm -hmm. how if someone dies, like, Literally, it's like a whole week right, of, of morning, an event, of a morning, yeah. of just ce celebrating. Did you know they actually bring the body to the home? Yeah, I remember you telling me that, right? It's the last night in the home with the family. Right, and I just thought that that was so, like, I was like, wow, like, that's, that's so interesting. Right. It's so, 
and that's a lot. It's really heavy because my family was very different. Right. Right. I literally remember my great grandmother passing away, and my grandmother, which was her was her daughter, mm -hmm. her mother, coming to me and my cousin and say, "Why are you crying? <laughs> stop! Stop crying! Why are you crying?" And I and I was like. And it was one, at the age I think I was like, aren't you supposed to do that? Right, you you're supposed you to. Were supposed you're supposed to cry. to cry so people know that that you're sad. That you're sad, and that this, you cared about this person. Right. And not that I was faking it, but I, you just get caught when up you're in the a kid. You, that's kind of what you do. Yeah, then. you kind of just go, oh, and you just kind of <laughs> you kind of let it out. But I, it it really shaped like when people die, and mm -hmm. you know, and I think the time I've been most impacted by death was when my aunt died, and that was sudden. Right. Right. But most times I'm like, okay, I get to a place of acceptance pretty quickly. And, and am I and I heartbroken? I'm more heartbroken because you're right. I am selfish. I'm thinking about the time I should have spent, what I should have done, right, right. right? All the things I should have did, should have, could have, would have. And that makes you emotional because mm -hmm. you feel like you you you've lost that time. But for me, my family was really quick about death. It was right. like someone died, here's a quick funeral. And then it was a party afterwards. Right. So I learned from your family that we're supposed to celebrate. Like, right. Oh, we celebrate their life. We don't mourn their death. And I was like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. I'm here for this. Okay. Yeah. I want a party for my like, death. Like, just too. think about going to a funeral and maybe one or two people cry and that's it. That was like right. the last funeral I went to for a family. Right. right. And, and then there's barbecue after and, and we food, have a good time. People are laughing, you know, yeah. sharing stories. And so I'm not saying one is better than another. But right. what I'm saying is, is that it really gives you like this this context that people are very, very different and how you're raised with death really plays a part in how you handle it. And right. if you, if you can't, if you're having a tough time with it, a lot of the times it's because maybe your family didn't have a great relationship with death. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it comes from religion too. I yeah. mean, the girls, you know, their mom, they were raised in like Catholic, it was Catholic. So there's seven days of mourning, mm -hmm. you go to the rosary, you have all this stuff, everyone's crying. It's a very weepy, sad right. time. And I remember them, you know, going through a couple of deaths when they were little and just being super sad and then coming over. And then when you had a death in your family, they were like, wait, we're supposed to be happy? Like, I don't understand. Right, it's confusing. And it is confusing. And so, you know, ask yourself, like, what have I been taught about death? And how do I operate through loss? And right. like, what are what's innate to me? And where do my thoughts and feelings go? Do I feel resentful towards God or whatever you believe in? Or can you find some peace in the fact that you were given a short amount of time, you were given a promise, and the promise was that it was going to be temporary. And so this, you know, message, I think, is to remind you that life is short, and you can be chasing your dreams and chasing all these aspirations. But at the end of the day, like being present, you know, making an impact with the people that God puts in your path in order to leave some sort of light behind. Right. Those are the things that really, truly matter. It's right. not about your success, where your zip code is, you know, how high you can climb up the ladder. It's really about like, were you a person that people would say nice things about? Yeah. And, and are you going to leave your spirit behind? And, and, I, and that's be the last thing I'll say is, is. Are you living a life where you're pouring into others and not just like, hey, I'm going to live my life. I'm, you know, not in an intentional ego driven way, but in a way where you're giving yourself to others mm -hmm. in a way that that it increases their life, because that's how you live on. And that's what I, to me, what life is all about mm -hmm. is, is living that that under those principles. And I think when you do that really well, you help people live better.
Yeah. Even when you're done. So if this episode impacted you at all, if you're going to be thinking about how you're operating and moving about your life um, through the world, interacting with different people, then we'd love to hear from you. You can leave a comment. You can send us a DM on Instagram. You can leave a review on iTunes for the Push Podcast. But, you know, the goal with this podcast is to have conversations that we would have if you were a friend coming over to our house. And lately, you know, we've been talking about death a lot lately. We've been talking about the meaning of your life. So I hope that you stuck around for this. I hope that it wasn't morbid. And I hope that that, you know, you start to kind of think a little bit differently about the short amount of time that you have to really impact someone's life. And I just want to thank Elizabeth Gilbert for giving me that great perspective. I don't want to act like a toddler. Like it was kicking and screaming. Yeah, brand new. It was like, oh my God, how could you ever do this to me? I now know like this was the promise and this is how life works and you don't get what you want. It's not on your terms. It's not on your time. And so um, I'm going to have faith that you're going to be around for a long time. I'm gonna do, yeah, I'm going to be here for a long time. I'm just going to tell you, I would really need all of you guys if I lost this man. <laughs> no. But um, yeah, I love you. I, I love hope you that too. I've impacted I, and your I, life. And I want you to live forever, ever, Same. ever, ever. So see, we're selfish. See? We still yeah. want each other to live for very long. <laughs> I still don't want to lose my kids right. and people that I love. And that's the thing. You can hold both those thoughts. Right. Like you can have a great perspective, but also go, I don't want any of that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I don't want to think about losing one of our children. Right. No. But I do know that I would need my friends and family to help me eventually accept it. But I'm going to tell you, it'd be really hard. Right. Even knowing everything that we just covered, like I would still need, like I would still need time to process. I was still like, I can't even think about it, but that's the point of this. So I hope you are thinking about it. Yeah. That this served you. And I hope it served you. I know that you you said, I hope it wasn't too more, but yeah, this was a morbid episode, but that's okay. (laughs) It's it's, it's okay. It's important. But you will die. Right, and let that guide what you do and what you say and how you act uh, for the rest of your life. And, and I think when you, you do that, know, you do that well, you live well, and you die well. And you can look forward to your notifications because I don't need those reminders. <laughs> I have this podcast to go back and listen. So thank you guys so much for listening to the Push Podcast. We will see you in the next episode. Push through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.